we're going to look at the um, Toldus Yaakov, but we're going to do it from the genre of the mashal, the parable. And what is the parable hiding, and what is its use? Who's the same? So we're going to start with Pasha's bow. So it's in Shmos. Do you have Shmos? Yeah. yeah. Page Kuf base. And he's looking at the mitzvah of Al Matzasumarorum Yochluhu. And he's struggling, Leviatam Mitzvah Zois, nearly. And and he's he's meditating on this mitzvah. He's going to say at the end, if you look at uh, page Kuf uh, Dalad, that the, that the purpose, sorry Kuf Zayin, Ubazen Nire Pirush Hamitzvus Al Matzos Umurom Yochluhu, is that that the matzah which represents the spiritual success um, right so just go back of thing here yes which is this spiritual awakening now here it is. This is the, the thesis that he's going to try to prove. A person has to try to attach himself to eternal life. Who al matzos? That is the representation of matzos. Shehu, because of its unleavened nature, behasoros tanuge olam hazer. It means that the spiritual life requires a sense of ascetism and the removal of gava, tava, hanirmasmamatsa. The two spiritual components, uh, negative traits, are arrogance, self-bloatedness, and uh, lust. And these are hinted in the concept of matsa. The morrow, meaning you cannot get to that spiritual state of matzah without first the bitterness of the morrow. Sheheim hayasurim. So it's a theology of suffering, meaning it is only through suffering that a person can even come to the removal of this self-bloatedness and this lust. There's this amazing thing on CNN about a woman who had to fight United Healthcare for her bloody liver transplant, and she was on the point of dying. And what they went through in Oregon, it's just look it up on CNN. This suffering that to be able to appreciate eternal life which means the removal of the impediments to spirit that is arrogance and lust cannot occur which is the suffering that is the only way that you can get rid of this constant sense of repetitiveness I'm used to it Hergel Right, and to be able to be separated from the 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 physicality of the world for Yochola Dabik Bechayim Aruchani in order to approach the spirituality. Vaaz Yocheluhu, right? Al Matza for the for the spiritual life through Umarorim through the morrow Yochluhu 
which is Yud Aleph Kelohu, meaning the Loshan of Zivuk. That is the, un- the understanding of conjugal attachments, right? He splits the Yochluhu by saying Yud Aleph Kulohu, that you can be attached to the divine. That's the purpose of this whole thesis of mitzvahs, mitariag mitzvahs, of why is there a special mitzvah to con- eat the matzah and the moro together? I understand matzah is one thing, moro is the other. One you lean, one you don't lean. If you need moro to come to matzah, why shouldn't we reverse the mitzvahs? We do, we do matzah before moro. Right, well, maybe you need... Good question, good question. Meaning, you need to know where your sights are heading. You need to know what the goal is. And the the way to achieve that goal is through X, Y, and Z. Okay, now let's just dive into what he learned from his Mori at the bottom of Kuf base in the Toldos Yaakov Yoko, right? Venireli de Shomatimi Mori. I heard from... My teacher, the Baal Shem HaKadosh. Remember, he's the first generation access to the Baal Shem. The Baal Shem didn't write anything except one letter. So everything we get from the Baal Shem comes from his students. And um, that you can take home, which is basically what we're doing now. We're going to be troping on that posuk in Psalm 94. Remember, the 90s in Tehillim, it's all Tefillah Right, so King David is putting it in the voice of Moshe Rabbeinu, in which he is um, valoring and validating um, God's wreaking havoc on his enemies. Eil Nakamas Hashem, Eil Nakamas Sophia, and the Mefarshim, including the Sochetov Midrash, as well as here, uh, he's questioning what's the repetitiveness of Nakamos. Eil Nakamas Hashem. God is a God of vengeance. El Nakama Sophia. He's a God, not only he's of vengeance, but he manifests his vengeance by killing our enemies. What is the double lotion, the double expression of Nakamas? Alpi Mashal. And now he's going to use a Mashal, which is a fictional narrative, to explain what that double lotion is. Alpi Mashal, the Ishkfar, there's a country bumpkin. Shemorad Bemelech, he performed an act of insurrection. Shehika Verogam Ikunun Shemelech. So he smashed and broke uh, the 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 idol that was on the street corner of the king's head, a bust of the king. Or Kayotzebeze, or he defaced uh, with graffiti the face of the king on the wall. Umiyad Osa Hamelech Osolarosh. Now, the king's response, instead of cutting his head off and immediately killing him, was to appoint him as a leader. So he started him off as a state senator, then he became a, a congressman, then he became a, a United States senator, until he became vice president Pence. Now, every time the king gave him another award, another promotion, so he became closer to the government, and so he could see more from the inside, 
the inner workings of governments, of the royal palace and his servants and his ministers. What happened to that country bumpkin? He became more and more filled with regret. When he was a bumpkin, when he remembered that he had once upon a time rebelled against this great and merciful king. Interesting story. It's a story about tactics or vengeance. The king could have taken vengeance on him. He has poigem his covert. But he doesn't. <laughs> Instead, he does the paradoxical opposite by promoting him. And what does that do inside the man? It causes him ever-increasing regret and sorrow that he had committed this offense in the beginning. <laughs> And instead of being fitting for punishment, instead of that, paradoxically, he is greater and is, does more good to him. And now let's hear about the intention of the king. Don't think he just did it because he was, uh, it was an impulsive response. He did it with razor-sharp intent. There was an intentionality to his doing what he did. It was done with purpose. It was done with intent. Almost with guile. Why? She'im hoyo Had he just killed him? Okay, hoyo too low. So the guy would have been hanged or crucified. And he would have had an hour or two of pain and then he's dead. As opposed to this response, by promoting him, what have you done? You've condemned him to a life of regret. Hmm. And not only do you condemn him to a life of ongoing regret, but the regret gets worse and worse as every time he gets promoted, Mosif Yotetsar Altsaro. He has adds more and more regrets on his original regret. How is it possible I could have thought of rebelling against his covert? Okay, that's the end of the that's the end of the story. And before we go into how he explains Ail Nakomas Hashem on a double basis, what is coming up for you? What are you thinking about this little narrative, this little story? It's a moshal, it's fictional, everybody knows it. It's not a masa, it's a moshal. Is that who comes out in the, this character, this little scene, this Shakespearean drama, who comes out ahead? Who comes out as the victor? Who comes out? The king, because he made this guy, you know, bad for life. He's very clever. Right. Right? Do you think he's merciful? He didn't no. kill him. Mercifully would apply kill him. Yeah. Exactly. Cut short his pain. The, the, the king in the mashal comes across as very conniving. He wants to inflict maximum punishment and pain on this guy. And he does it through a ruse, through a cunning trick by promoting him instead of killing him. 
right? I don't think the king comes across as this Melech Kabbal Rahman. As the guy sees the king in his workings, he says, oh, he's a great administrator, great king. Why did I think that I was going to do that? That's in the country bumpkin's mind. But we are the readers. We are the learning. We're learning this from the outside. And this is read to us. It's given, it's been written by him to us, the reader. Our response is, Initially, oh, he, what a great king. He, he, he spared him. What, what Rachmanus. And then we hear from the narrator of the Mashal that, no, 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 you don't get it. He just didn't want him to have a minimal amount of suffering. He wanted that suffering to live forever. Not only that, he was going to keep promoting him because he knew that with every promotion, that suffering and self-mortification would be ever increasing. Now let's see how he reads it. Because he's using that marshal for his interpretation of El Nekomas Hashem. Now read it inside. Initially, that first Nekomas, El Nekomas Hashem, is not through vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and the way our evangelical Christian colleagues look at the God of the Old Testament, right? He's the Old Testament God is the fiery, vengeful God. No, it's through Midas Arachimim, it's through mercy. Why? He didn't kill him. Sheloka Melech Bosavadom. Because a Melech Boss of Adam, a regular human king, would take out his rage by killing the guy. Vahu and what is the strategy of this Rachmanus? Ki el nekama Sophia. Because he manifests his nekama. How? Sheha nekama hu b'ma lo migdulo so. He shows us how absolutely brilliant he is by manifesting that brilliance. How? Barosu gedolo ha-melech neged melech. Because... He manifests it by this ever-increasing sense of guilt as this person is promoted. In Cain, Ochaname. So here we say, two, when it comes to the spiritual roadmap of every Yid, where we're told in Pasha's Buchu Kosai that these blessings and curses will come to you and now you look back in your heart and say why did this happen to me now on the individual level let's say I rebel against the Lord through a rebelliousness against the divine so therefore it should be that I should get an immediate punishment there's reward and there's punishment the Old Testament eye for an eye but instead because it says I'm going to send you the brocha and the klala come up to you it shouldn't have said they should have just said the Klala, you were bad boys. What does it mean, the brocha and the klala? Ah, he's mashpia lo brocha. I'm going to do it through the same ruse as this king. I'm sending you money in the bank. There is no greater curse than for me not to be whacked, but to be given more brochas. Because then I realize, oh my God, what a good God he is. He's giving me all this money 
and these riches, and I'm getting better and better. So instead of cursing me and taking away my stuff, he is actually giving me more bracha. So now what's happening to me? I'm filled with moral. Mar mar. I, I could think the opposite. I could think I'm getting all this bracha, therefore I must be doing the right thing. Like a Calvinist, right? Yeah. 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 The, ev- the evidence of God's grace is that I'm that I'm rich and I've right. you know, got a beautiful wife. I'll call myself. So yes, it's true. If I'm a Calvinist, I'm not a Nish Maskil. Right. I'm a Nish Maskil, meaning I have Seichel to see beyond my own reward and punishment, to see the strategic tactics of the divine. Because I'm able to see my own shiflus, my own lowliness, and my sin. The Yodea so the more he gives me, the more I see the gap between me and him. I go further down and he goes further up in my estimation. And the more I get promoted with bracha, the lower I feel and the greater he becomes. Now, the, the idiot who doesn't see that, who just sees, ooh, I've got money in the bank, that means, right? I've been a naughty boy, and look, he's still rewarding me. Wow, look at me. He doesn't think that the that the king really has an understanding of what's going on. So if that tactic doesn't work, he says it's not in the marshal, but he says that's only good for a guy who's got a head between his ears. But if you're a fool and you think that whatever's happening to you that's good is really a reward, then you're going to be brought down from your greatness. And then he's going to go back to the Tsar when he was a country bumpkin. Now, I want you to go to page Kufdalet. So now he's going to justify the marshal. Because we're now having a problem. He's seeing the marshal as what a great king. He's doing it for the sake of the guy. Right? But that's not what he said. He said, I'm doing it because I want him to feel more pain. Great. He's reading it. I want him to feel more pain so he can do tshuva and he can do penitence. No. There is this concept of blessing and curse, not from the perspective of vengeance of the king. He's now telling you, I think you're going to get this wrong if I don't explain. Let me explain. This isn't about the tactic of the king's vengeance. The told us is telling us that because that's what's coming to our head. It's because the, the country bumpkin was a country bumpkin. He wasn't sophisticated enough to understand the inner workings of the divine. Meaning of Torah and mitzvahs. He's saying, It's not the king's issue of vengeance. It's you, the receiver, the villager, don't have an appreciation for the pnimius of Torah and mitzvahs. You see everything from the external. 
and he, he refers now, he says, you're going to just see this gorgeous girl on the street, and you're just going to be completely spisotted with her. And go to the bottom, Reishan and Vav, in which he brings Bashem Mori in the name of my Rebbe, as he's quoting the Reishis Chochma, which is a uh, Kabbalistic work, Shar Ha'ava, the gate of love, Perik Dalet, and this is the story. And we're going back to the country bumpkin again. Kafri there was a country bumpkin, Ra et Bat Melech, and he sees, just in time, he sees, the country bumpkin sees a princess. So this country bumpkin just sees a beautiful queen, beautiful princess, and he's besotted. So the Toldos is using this marshal of the Baal Shem Tov to explain why this isn't about the cruelness of the king, but it's about the country bumpkin's perception of everything. The country bumpkin sees the princess and says, hey, how am I going to catch her? And the princess hears him saying this, and tells him, You want to meet me? You want to have a tryst? It can only take place in a place of hiding where no one will see us. Let's meet in the Beit HaKvoros, <laughs> in the uh, cemetery. Right. Why? Because everybody in the cemetery is equal. They're all everyone's brought down to size. Everyone's equal. Meaning, I am not a princess there and you're not a country bumpkin. We are on equal terms and you can seduce me in the cemetery. And the country bumpkin is, wow! He, she's going to fulfill my desires, this gorgeous girl. The holoch lebeisak voros, the lo ochal, the lo shosa midagasan, and he didn't eat and he doesn't drink because he's in expectant, waiting for the king's daughter to arrive. Midagasan, pentova basamer, who yet toru bedvaram achirim. So he now becomes an ascetic waiting for the princess not allowing he's so focused on this on the on the lust and he's so focused on the yetzahara and on his desire for her he stops eating and drinking just in case she arrives and he will miss her day after day month after month year after year he withdraws from the world in his lust for her in the cemetery stops eating stops drinking stops doing anything now <laughs> once you stop eating and drinking and you're so filled with the with the lust for her things start happening within him things start to transform within him why because you stop eating and drinking, you become an ascetic. Once you stop eating and drinking and being concerned with everything else, then you start focusing on the very desire itself. Not the object of desire, but you're now looking at yourself and your desire. And you suddenly, he realizes slowly but surely that this cheshek, 
which was originally for that object of desire, he's now tapping into the desire itself, which is the desire for the spirituality of Yiras Hashem. And so he reaches to this state of divine awe, and he's completely forgotten about her, and that's different from the, the first marshal. What I want to do is to compare the two mashalim. In the first marshal, the king uses the tactic of promotion, which is bracha. And that leads to the clock. He's doing it to cause pain to the... In the marshal, he's doing it to cause pain because he wants him, according to the receiver, according to the tolders, for him to feel the guilty tsar, and, uh, guilty, so that he'll repent more and more and more and live a life of penitence. It's not how we read it. We read it. What kind of a king would do that? That's really, really something that's very sadistic, right? I don't want you to die through the punishment that's regulated. You, you rebelled against me, chop off your head. No, I want you to be promoted so that you feel it more and more the rest of your life. That's not the way the Tolder says. He's telling us, don't look at it from mitzad hanakom al shemar Don't look at it the vengeance. The pshat is, el nakomas Hashem, Psalm 94, God's vent. No. The second reading is El Nakama Sophia. He manifests his Nakama paradoxically through a brocha. How does he do it here by the marshal of the Baal Shem Tov with the bump, country bumpkin lusting after the princess? Obazoi, she is employing tactics. She, of course, is the Shrina and saying, you are looking at the lower level Shrina, Stormy Daniels. You need to be looking at me. How do I do that? Let's get you into the Beisach Forest. That's a place where everybody's equal. Let's get you into a place where you will, there's no food or drink. Let's get you to a place where you can be moved shut from the Gashmias. And as you stop drinking and eating and sleeping in your desire for me, the lowest me, you will start looking at that desire from the inside. And as you do that, you will realize that the desire is what's critical in the spiritual life, not the object of desire, and you will come to understand the divine.